This is the service for Holy Trinity. The Holy Gospel is from John, the third chapter. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? And Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know, and we bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believes in him may have eternal life. Grace, mercy, and peace be you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today I wish to begin by saying that there is one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This God is merciful and kind, compassionate and loving. All that we have, all that was created in heaven and upon the earth and under the earth and in the sea, and is still sustained to this day, was made not for God, but for us. He himself is perfect from all eternity and needs nothing, but out of love he made the human race. This is the same Lord who for the good of mankind's salvation scattered them across the world and gave to them varied languages because they were seeking to go about life without God. But then he called them all back from the lands that he had scattered them, and he spoke to them each in their own native language the promise of forgiveness through his Son, Jesus Christ. God does not abandon what he has made. He holds it so valuable that he redeemed it with the precious blood of his Son. And we must ask, who should be the recipient of such work? Well, it is the whole human race. God does not show partiality. This is testified to in the Bible. St. Peter uh, St. Peter proclaimed these words to those dwelling in Caesarea. He said, Truly I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. First, here in Acts chapter 10, Peter speaks of God's love for all people of the whole world. How is his impartial, undeserved love shown to them? Well, think about this. Since God shows no partiality, the message of the gospel goes to every continent, every nation, every people, so that the children and their families may be baptized into the name of God. 
And outside of this free proclamation of the gospel, the Father continues in his impartiality by making that procreation a gift continue into all time. He creates life from the womb of women from every shade of skin. And Jesus showed the value of every human life when he took flesh upon himself, born of the womb of the Virgin Mary, that young Middle Eastern woman. God chose her from all the women of the earth. And then as he grew, he shared more of God's love through miracles and teaching. God shows no partiality as he goes to all people under heaven with this same message of love and forgiveness. All have fallen short of the glory of God and his righteousness since we have been those descendants of Adam. In order that we, though, would be members of Christ's kingdom and receive grace and forgiveness, God, not showing partiality, sent the Holy Spirit into all the world. Notice that I didn't say some of the world or parts of the world, but he sent the Holy Spirit into all the world, to all nations, to all tribes, peoples, and languages, to make for himself a people. That level of love and care is beyond us, beyond our comprehension and understanding. For God reigns over all the earth. And what is time to God? Because all things are before him as a moment. Who can begin to understand that? Look at our lives. When we are around people, it's a fraction of a fraction of percent of people around the world. Very few people stand next to us and for time, what is time to us? I mean, moments flash us by, and they're gone. No one person among us can go into all the world and see all people. That's why we give thanks to the Lord that the church is just not one person. The church is made up of many members of one body, all different, but all called the sheep who hear the voice of their shepherd and follow him. The Holy Spirit was sent for this purpose, to call, gather, and enlighten the whole Christian church on earth and keep it in the one true faith in Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit works. He works through the office of the holy ministry, which Christ instituted, to bring faithful preaching and the rightly given sacraments to people all around the world, congregations gathered everywhere in this earth. He wishes to be present among his people to bless them and to care for them. And through these means of grace, he creates saving faith. All that is important because these are the means of grace that God has given his church on earth to heal division. There's a lot of division in our world, isn't there? First, we find that the division that he heals is between us and him because of our sinful nature because of our sins which we commit in thought, word, and deed, because of our hostile nature to his word. Second, the divisions we have between one another because of sin. And we have a lot of those. Faith which trusts in him and expects to receive all that he gives also seeks this special compassion on the world, where we are given to care for one another as God has cared for us but especially those whom he has placed next to us in this life. 
in our home, in our community, our state and nation. He gives us faith to heal the world and bring a peace that goes beyond understanding. This is what St. Peter spoke of second when he said these words. But in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. Faith, which believes in God's atonement for all people's sin, no longer wishes for people's destruction, but it hopes for their conversion, for their salvation. St. Peter speaks of the faith which acts in love and bears the fruit of this same kind of love unto the good of our neighbor. We are not all over the world, and all time is not before us as a moment. So don't try to be God or think so abstractly. Let God be God. And you whom he has baptized, you should set your eyes to look upon the people nearest you, and then begin to care for them as the one for whom Christ has died to redeem from all their sin. All God's people, all God's people are called to show no partiality, but to care for one another, for their neighbor as themselves. They are to show no partiality, in whom they proclaim the message of salvation to. Doesn't matter if they're friendly or hostile. They are deserving because of Christ. It begins in each and every one of our homes and goes out from there. The Holy Spirit, the giver of life and the guide into all the truth, helps us in our weaknesses. He comes into every Christian home to work through faithful fathers and mothers, husbands and wives, to care for and raise up godly children who love their neighbor as God has loved them, showing the same grace, compassion, and kindness, forgiveness, mercy, and love. By the word of the Bible, his word, he teaches these households to fear God and to love their neighbor. We learn to forgive and to confess as we grow in faith with our family. For some of you, this has been easier because your family shares the same faith. Others have been made to endure challenges because their families are divided in faith or have none at all. No matter the situation, God is to be first. And all your life is to be centered around him, to love and to honor him with your whole life. No matter the situation, God must first be loved over all people and all things. From this first command of God proceeds every other righteous command of God. If we have not learned to learned who God is and loved God first, honoring him with our life, we will not know or understand how to best love our neighbor. How will we truly know what it is to honor our father and mother and all authority if we do not believe and know that God has given them to us? Or how will we know to respect life rather than hurting and murdering others since God has given life, sanctified it, Or how will we be chaste in mind, word, and deed? Unless we believe that God has formed our bodies for holiness rather than immorality. Or how will we build up and protect our neighbor's possessions, no matter the color of their skin, rather than stealing or cheating them out of it, 
if we don't first believe that God is the one who blesses them with it? Or how will we go on speaking well of people, upholding their reputations and honor, if we do not believe that Christ is doing the same before the Father for us? Or how about learning to live content with a little or a lot, not harboring covetous thoughts against those who have received a different lot than yourself, if we have not first believed that God knows how to give and to take away and knows everything that we need? If you do not know who God is and how he cares for believers and non-believers, at best, we will fall into the trap of being a flaky so-called Christian. We will grow to treat our neighbor like we treat God. We will listen to his word only for a moment when it's convenient for us. When we need to respond, we will give quick responses and they will just be empty platitudes for we do not truly believe to care about anyone else but ourselves. And when we are asked to do deeds, our deeds will falter in the wake of selfishness and self-preservation. Jesus said to Nicodemus, What is born of flesh is flesh, what is born of the Spirit is spirit. God does not leave what is right and true to the determination of man that is to the reason of our flesh. For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counselor? Rather, he teaches of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. He condemns all sin, whether in life or in death. Our breaking of the commandments, or whatever excuses we wish to give, never become justifiable. Sinners, no matter who they are, stand fearful before the throne of God. Even Isaiah the prophet said when God had called him, Woe is me! For I am lost. I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Transgressing God's commandments are man's way to rebel against God and betray faith. We cannot escape his immutable justice as much as we try, no matter who we are. Therefore, he also teaches us of the righteousness of his Son, given to all who believe in him. The hope of eternal life. And he brings to each Christian his boundless forgiveness that covers all of our sin. Though our sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow, he says. And he teaches judgment. The world and its ways are judged, along with its ruler, the devil. So we must not give ourselves over to the pressures of an ungodly world and its ways which go against the word of the Lord, no matter the cause. Many have fallen prey to this unlawful means of dealing with pain and hurt in these recent days, and it is wrong. It is wrong to think even that the world can begin to heal itself with more sin. It cannot bind up the gaping wounds that it has without the love of Christ. Where life is taken unjustly, we must stand in defense, for God sanctifies life. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we as the children of God must gather in defense of what God, God calls good, to join together in the true bonds of peace as we seek in word and deed to love our neighbor. The Lord says in Isaiah chapter 1 these words, Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, 
Remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes. Cease to do evil, learn to do good. Seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, plead the widow's cause. The inalienable rights and dignity that belong to every human being from the womb to the tomb exists for no other reason or thought of our own but purely because God brought about life and created it in his own image. Now the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, you may all know, has been known to fight for right to life, the sanctity of human life across all platforms, but especially on abortion, because abortion has accomplished some of the greatest injustices, or should we say evil sins of murder against the lives of countless children, but especially among the African-American community. We also must be made to see the sad reality that a great percentage of those born among that community have been born into fatherless homes. God has told us to plead the cause for the fatherless. We have a community right before our eyes, right here in Sharon, that is hurting for more reasons than the media would care to discuss. There is no excuse to treat one another as less than one made in the image of God and redeemed by the blood of Christ. That's important for us Christians to remember. Thoughts, words, and actions or inactions which profane the image of God do not come from the Spirit of God who preaches Christ crucified to us. God clearly reveals in the Bible his essence, that is who he is, so that those who read it will be made to know, understand, and even follow after the righteous will of God by faith. Now the Lord, who reigns over all, is said to love righteousness, and he hates wickedness. He executes justice, and he punishes the unjust. He gives grace to the humble, but the proud he opposes. Right now, we are witnessing what comes from people who continue to debase life, debase truth and justice, as God has declared it to be. You see, God has spoken about these things that we are very much experiencing now. In Romans chapter 1, we read these words. Since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossip, gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. They know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, and they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. The world will go on devaluing life, since the prince of the world, the devil, has been a murderer and a liar since the beginning. All that we witness right now are the branches from the tree of unbelief. The world refuses to acknowledge life, and all that we have is given by God and redeemed by God. And so what we see, we see injustices, death. It doesn't matter what the vehicle is, racism, abortion, 
police brutality, inequality, oppression, murder, euthanasia, infanticide. Oh, the list is far too long. But the love that we need right now, so desperately need, is to give this love which God gives. And it comes from first listening to his word. He is the champion for life, for freedom, for hope, for salvation and eternal life for all who believe. This past week, I was at the protests just a few doors down from our church in front of our pizza place, Tony Pizza. I heard people quoting Martin Luther King Jr. So I went and looked for some words from him, listened to some, and these caught my attention. He said, hate begets hate, violence begets violence, toughness begets a greater toughness. We must meet the forces of hate with the power of love. When one who is hurt seeks to harm his offender or even kill him, he's only doing more to multiply the hate and incite a community to more violence. That is not love. What is love? The world won't be able to give you an answer. It doesn't know the father or the son blind to the words of the Spirit. But this Christian man and preacher, Martin Luther King Jr., who spoke those words, who led peaceful protests against the injustice of the government of his time, was speaking of love which we have through being born of the Spirit. That which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. God gives to us a new love, from having the heart of flesh, not a heart of stone. It is a love that he gives to us for all people, even those who hurt us. And regardless of the divisions which the world has imposed upon us, think about this. Even though the one George Floyd, who has made the news in the past couple weeks, was a sinner with a criminal rap sheet, he was still a man whom God created and he still deserved the due process under the law. He was also a man whom Jesus redeemed by shedding his blood, and also a man who received from God a holy baptism with water, the word, and the spirit. He was a person. Now I do not pass judgment on his faith. Whether he died in the Lord or not, we must confess that God has all life in his hand. And it is not meant to be taken by ourselves, nor those who have not just authority. We as Christians have a duty and responsibility to stand up for those who are being deprived of their God-given human rights across all fronts. That said, we also mustn't suffer ourselves to be given into violence, anger, and hatred, since that does not produce the righteousness of God. And we read that in James chapter 1. Human anger does not produce the righteousness of God. Think about what good will we accomplish if we throw our hat in with the world and its ways of peace. Trust me, it's not the only option. We have more. Because hate, anger, and violence of one person against another that we see erupting across our nation in major cities has one root and one root only, 
And that's sin. Yet here we are speaking of our neighbors in need. So we must address how to care for them. It is not by more sin. By prayer, by kindness, compassion, and generosity. Looking at the community that we find ourselves in and helping heal it. We should care for justice since the Lord himself cares for it too. Should plead the cause of the fatherless and the widow. The Church of Christ is not to remain silent. We should not close our Bibles and fear for our life in times of lawlessness and violence. Our life is secure with Christ. And think what healing can begin if a nation knits itself together with riots and anger. I realize that our nation's patience and temper and the world's for that matter has been tried over the last few months in quarantine. Unemployment, family separation, school closures, human separation that they called social distancing, but most especially the life away from Christ, his church, the means of grace, have no doubt contributed to the greater unrest that we see against authority, the violent aggression, thievery, murder, the bearing of false witness against our neighbor, maybe in a couple words, a blatant disregard for life. Still, these times call for a peace that the world cannot give, but can be ours in Jesus Christ, is ours in Jesus Christ. There is no greater gift than to see another person as a person for whom Christ has died, for whom Christ makes worthy of eternal life. To love a person so strongly with Christ's love that you would suffer all so that they could hear this blessed word of peace that you have heard. President Matthew Harrison of our Synod spoke or wrote these words. We deplore injustice. We deplore destruction, robbery, and doing physical harm to others. That too is injustice. We plead to citizens and governments of this nation for communities beset by poverty, crime, and injustice. We plead for rational and unifying policies that will end injustices and address social breakdown, lack of economic access, and other factors that fuel anger, hatred, and dissension. All while we deplore those things which are sinful, we also plead these causes. We plead for those things which bring about just change. And all while we do that, we remember those closest to us, those who are before our eyes. For they need us. They need us to carry to them the message of Christ. For the pain and hurt which brings forth hatred will never find enough to quench its thirst. Which is why Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Jesus brings healing where there were deep wounds and scars which had pierced hearts from wickedness. God brought forth forgiveness to the world in his Son to heal it. Sometimes, more than others, forgiveness may be difficult. 
but remember that it was not easy for God either. It did not come at the snap of his fingers, but through living a perfect life, obedient to the law, facing a world that did not receive him, then suffering being forsaken on the cross, and then dying for our sins. That is how we have forgiveness. Forgiveness is hard to imagine in horrific circumstances, but how horrific was the sin of the world to God? We have not forgiven the whole world as God has, but God has placed in our path people to love with the forgiveness of Christ, to love unconditionally as he has loved us. He has brought healing to the nations and peace to the earth in the hearts of men by returning good for evil. One by one, our communities heal when we seek out one another in love and compassion as Christ sought us out. If you seek justice here on earth, know that it will not be had through more sin. Rather, begin by walking in the counsel of God, by taking interest in caring for those closest to you, by decrying injustice where it is found without breaking the Eighth Commandment and bearing false witness against your neighbor. And above all, overcome hate with the love of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all our understanding, guard and keep your heart and mind in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.